Dennis, you've uh, often talked about, in fact, I think you've introduced the idea of bitter melon, the food uh, that, of course, as you say, is always the best medicine. Bitter melon, but you've got uh, a little bit of an update on the information that you've told us about. Some uh, very exciting uh, information that we'll pass on to listeners about the uh, benefit associated with bitter melon as as part of a, a dietary program to resist the onset of um, type 2 diabetes. We'll talk about it, a very interesting incident. Wendy rang, she's rung in from Oyster Cove, about a painkiller called Corydalis. And your question, Wendy? Oh, hello, Dennis. Hello, Wendy. Um, I, my son's had, had this, I think it, as it's a herb, from the health food shop, plus on the net he's bought it as well for a very bad back pain. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said it's been really good, and uh, he, he takes it occasionally. Um, um, my, and I have another friend who has back trouble at the moment, and she has curvature of the spine. Mm-hmm. I, look, I just wondered what you knew about this painkiller, because also <laughs> my sister has fibromyalgia and is on medication mm-hmm. for it. And they, I have read on the net that it's being used for Corydalis is being used for that as well as a pain relief. Wendy, it's not a herb that I'm uh, so familiar with. Uh, oh. I have heard of it. Um, anything that gives pain relief obviously is, is worthwhile considering, but uh, with all substances that give pain relief, you have to be sure that the, the chemistry of the substance is well understood and as, right. as no downside. Now, I'm sure that with this uh, herb, Corydalis, if it is available over the counter um, in this country, it has been considered to be safe and mm. uh, av- available, therefore, without script. Um, what I would say about um, uh, herbs such as this, um, this may well warrant uh, use as, a, as a, an agent to participate in the relief of mild pain. Now, we always have to be careful when we're talking about substances that can subdue pain because uh, if this herb is uh, subduing pain, the level of pain obviously must be fairly mild because severe pain, let me emphasise, severe pain is something that obviously calls for much stronger medication and which would rightly so be available only via script. So we have to be a bit cautious when we're talking about substances like Corydalis or any other herb when Mm. it is defined as being a painkiller or a pain reliever. We must not overstate its ability because most of these over-the-counter substances, these non-script substances, are useful to lessen uh, mild experience of pain, but certainly would not be adequate to deal with serious pain associated with more serious conditions. Always also, just a little, um, a little bit of um, advice uh, to listeners here, be, mm. cautious, be cautious about what you read on the net. Now, oh, of course. What, what you have to realise is that countries overseas are not regulated in the same way that we're regulated in this country. We have an organisation in this country which um, stipulates what sort of claims can be made, particularly for complementary medicines. And some of those claims that are made overseas um, wouldn't, wouldn't be permitted to be mm. uh, put on, on, the, on, on the net in this country. Mm, uh, overseas, <laughs> uh, absolutely. Overseas mm. products 
uh, can be promoted and all sorts of um, testimonials can be appended to them and very frequently uh, that product, not necessarily this one, but that product can be associated with wanting you to buy it. Yeah. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is there is a difference between using sensible medical herbalism that I would like to think that I promote and practice than using stuff that may or may not help. Now, I come back to the fact that with Corydalis, it's not something I know a lot about. Um, I have heard of it. Um, if it's giving relief, great. Um, but the relief that it would give would be obviously very limited because the substance or the herb is not a scripted substance, so it would be considered to be useful and to be promoted for the uh, temporary relief of, of mild pain. That would be the terminology that's probably on the label. Right. Well, it's over the counter here in Australia. Yes. As, as, uh, I didn't stipulate that. I, I was thinking. My sister is a nurse, and but she yes. lives in America. Yes. Um, and of course, she's naturally cautious about mixing up. Yes, of course. Her uh, script medicines with the fibromyalgia. Yeah. Well, look, <laughs> with 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 that, it. Again, I come back to the point that the product being available without script and over-the-counter um, must have gone through the regulatory authorities mm. in this country and the claims that would be made for it would be based uh, on its relative safety. Um, mm. these sorts of, this sort of medication is not likely to conflict with, with other medication. Some herbs do, but something like this that would have mild anti-inflammatory or pain-relieving characteristics similar, say, to, to willow bark or curcumin, it would be unlikely that it would be a major uh, substance that would interact with, with prescribed medication. Well, you might be able to help my friend that's here mm -hmm. um, with her when she has the curvature of the yes. spine. Yes, and, yes. Uh, and uh, they're starting to pinch, you know, and that yeah. the bones. And so oh, dear, dear. perhaps before... She does anything, goes and buys it over the counter. She might be better off to see you. I well, don't know. I, I, but anyway, I'll right. tell her what you said. What I would say to listeners generally is, wherever there is pain, uh, this needs to be adequately um, investigated and uh, and described or understood as to where the pain is coming from. There are some conditions that are so intractable and particularly uh, pain coming from the spine that only prescription medication would be of use. Uh, so you have to be cautious also that you don't fall into the trap of thinking that uh, that natural medication, the complementary medication, is the answer always to the problem, and particularly with serious pain. Let me remind listeners, however, that some of the most potent uh, pain-relieving medications are from the plant world. The opium poppy, which is grown commercially in this country, particularly in Tasmania, um, it is the basis um, of a lot of pain-relieving medication without which many people could not survive. Helen from Morissette, you've got a question about osteoporosis. Yes. Hello, Helen. Yes, I do. Hello there, Dennis. Um, yeah, I've, um, just, I've had a bone density um, scan done and yes. um, it showed up that I have osteoporosis in my lumbar spine and in my hip there's osteopenia. Uh, yes. Penia. Yes. And um, and I've like researched on the net different um, medications, but they have so many side effects. Mm. Um, you know, just to increase the bones again, to um, you know, to get them to a little bit better than what they are. Um, is I know dairy 
is um, like a natural, you know. Um, what else is it for osteoporosis apart from the, mm. the side effects of medications? Helen, you have to be cautious that you um, don't just associate osteoporosis um, with uh, requiring increased levels of dietary calcium. Um, that's not necessarily the, the um, not that's not the way to address it. Um, you can be having a, a very good calcium intake, and and then experience levels of uh, oh, yeah. osteoporosis. So be a bit cautious about just simplifying it to to calcium intake. Um, what I would say about the medications that are prescribed for osteoporosis, despite uh, some of the downside to them and the side effects that uh, frequently people will mention to me in my consulting room, I have not seen um, too much evidence of of the side effects purportedly associated with the medications that your doctor would prescribe. Uh, And you know know me well enough to know that I have as much regard for the mainstream medical system as I have for for complementary medicine. And I have to be fair, I have not seen uh, too much evidence of side effects. However, so it's a rare, like it's a rare occurrence. Well, I, again, again, I'm not a pharmacologist, a pharmacist. No. All I can say is that I would think it it wouldn't be that frequent. Otherwise, I'm sure um, that from the, via the many patients that I see, um, there would have been some experience of the downside. I haven't seen it, so I've got to be honest with that. Um, mm. Now, what I would say is that frequently these conditions. Uh, require if you like more a bit of lifestyle modification um there's a, a good argument to say that um exercise um and making the 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 body and the bones become a little bit more active um has something to do with contributing to improvement mm. in bone density um has your doctor suggested anything other than medication well i've only just um uh, received a scan and i haven't okay. been to the doctor yet to see what what the, you know what she will say but okay. um but i I'm, i have been active with my work i've always been active and yes. i've been on hrt because i'm you know past menopause yes and um i've well, gone through menopause yes i've been on hrt and and am very physically yes. i'm very physical you know yes. but still yes. it's yes. happened and yeah. and how old are you Sixty-one. Only a baby. Uh, look, well, well, and the doctor's trying to get me off HRT, but that hasn't really helped with the bones. That's so. correct. That's it's a catch twenty-two. Look yeah. again. I would say that um, be cautious that you don't read too much into it. Um, I would mm-hmm. dare to say that uh, most women, um, particularly those that have born children, would have some degree of, of osteoporosis or osteopenia. Listen to what your doctor says. Uh, a good uh, a meeting with a nutritionist or a dietitian. Run that past your GP. That would be useful. Perhaps your GP might be keen to refer you on to a, an exercise physiologist who may be able to structure a series of exercises that might contribute yeah. to improvement. Yes, well, in I, do, I do attend. Um, I do attend um, Pilates, yoga, and and in the gym as well, and walk. You know, yeah. so I do, I'm doing all that. And, you, and, you, and your and your and your GP may well say, look. We'll just monitor it for a while. It it might go no further. You may have had the condition for some time. So, so Dennis, you're saying that taking um, because I I don't have enough calcium in in okay. my diet. Okay. I really don't. But if I take some calcium um, supplements, yes, what would be the better one that my body can actually not just waste but more go to okay. the bones? 
first of all, let me clarify that. I think, obviously, calcium is important for the health and well-being of the bones. And my previous statement uh, suggesting that filling yourself up with, uh, with calcium may not be the, the answer to your problem, that needs to be qualified a little bit. If you are aware that your diet is inadequate in the yes. intake of calcium, well, that puts a different complexion on it. Now, let me just say that there is so much available calcium supplements in the pharmacy and health food stores that they're pretty well all um, based on parameters of, of calcium in an assimilable form. So what I would be saying is, look, go to your health food store, have a word with them, get the best deal, because there wouldn't be that much difference, I wouldn't think, in the... Um, I was told by the, the, one of the ladies in the yeah, chemist that yeah. um, I should just be taking calcium citrate as the others um, are wasted away, you know, through all the process of, you know, this is what you, you know, by taking it orally and that. And it's just, but she said that the citrate is the one that really seems to get to the bones, but I don't know if that's true. You know, I'm not well, look, I don't know where she's coming from. The, the, a lot of calcium supplements do have uh, synergists, that is, agents that work with them to promote the uptake of calcium. So I know where the pharmacist is coming from. I go to your health food store. Run the run your run your requir requirement past them. Where where do you live? At Morrisette. Okay, you've got a good health food store there in Morrisette. Go and have a word with them. Talk about a, a good calcium supplement that has a synergist in it that will improve. Synergist. Yeah, something that will improve the uptake of the calcium. Yeah, absorption. Like, like well, I do take vitamin D with it. Yep. Um, I know that's supposed to help. Yep. Yeah. Talk to them because, as I say, there are numerous ones out there. Um, they will be able to steer you in the direction of a good deal with something that purports to promote the assimilation of it. Judith has rung in from Valentine. Now, osteoporosis is on your mind as well, Judith. I've, I've actually got the three. Hi, Dennis. Hello, Judith. I've actually got the three problems. I've got very bad scoliosis. Mm -hmm. I've got osteoporosis on the left hip mm. and arthritis on the right hip. Mm. Now, I'm only going to ask you about a plant. A lady told me called Golta Cola. Gotcha Cola. Yeah, that's it. And yeah. it's a penny... It's penny wood. common name is Penny wood. Is that... Would that work? She told me to eat five... To buy it at Bunnings and you get... Eat five small leaves each day. I wish treating osteoporosis and scoliosis and osteoarthritis <laughs> was as simple as just going and purchasing Gotcha Cola. In my opinion, it would have very little impact on your condition. Full stop. It is not a herb that is used for addressing these conditions, and it would be silly to try to do so. Um, gotcha Cola has a reputation in, in herbal medicine, but it is quite different in its application. Uh, gotcha Cola is frequently uh, referred to as a herb that is used to promote concentration uh, and focus, and very frequently it's used as what, what are called a, a member of the Brahmi group of herbs, that is herbs that were found on the Indian subcontinent to be useful in addressing problems that we would see as leading to things like uh, ADD, ADHD. So it has a bit of a reputation in that. Um, gotcha cola, uh, together with one or two other herbs, is popularly used in traditional medicine to address that. Gotcha cola also, interestingly, is used uh, both topically and orally to promote what are called peripheral um, uh, circulatory benefits, particularly where you have ulceration and slow healing wounds. It can be used both as an ointment 
or as an oral medi herbal medication. Now, these are quite different uh, to um, the applications that you've been told that this herb would be useful for. I think you'd be wasting your money. And the, okay. other, th and the other thing is this. Uh, I know this herb particularly, and it is, is a safe herb, but let me just say the, the uh, casual picking of, of a herb, uh, a green herb, can be fraught with problems. Most herbs are used in a dried form, and many of them for a very good reason, that in the drying process, very frequently, particularly allergenic substances or other potentially problematical substances, in the drying process, uh, many of those substances that might occur in the green herb uh, are debilitated and broken down or dissipated. And so herbal medicine, in my opinion, if it is going to be used in the context of our modern understanding of the herb, is best taken in a measured form, in a dried form, in a dose-related form um, that conveys the herb in a more reliable uh, and arguably a safer way. Mm, thanks for your call, Judith. Um, 49216216. Uh, Francis has rung in hey. from Silverwater, and uh, it's, it's Baku tea, Buku tea, which you yes. are... Hello, Francis. Hello. How can we help I, you? I want to know if it's... Can I take... Uh, drink Buku tea for cystitis okay. with warfarin? Okay, look, any, any um, natural substance taken in conjunction with warfarin needs to be done so very cautiously. Yeah, that's I, what I thought. I know a lot about Buku, and I've spoken about it frequently, and I consider it based on my, my scientific understanding of the herb as well as my clinical use of it over 40 years, to be one of the most reliable and one of the most, still one of the most unrecognised herbs for the treatment, particularly preventatively, of, of cystitis. I haven't got my literature in front of me, but Francis, what I will do, um, 49562321, jot that number down, Wait a minute, 49562321. Now, if you, if you ring that number, my staff there will get your details, and I'm going back to my rooms after the program. I'll do a search in the literature that I have to see where Buku stands in relationship to, 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 to Warfarin. Okay. Uh, before you uh, take anything like that, you need to be sure that it's not going to clash. Yeah, well, that's what I always do. If I take anything that I, I'm, I get at the chemist, I ask the chemist and that's good. he checks on his computer. Well, that's good. Excellent. Well done. And, Francis, um, all the best with that. Jackie has rung in from Lovedale, and uh, you've got an interesting question about veganism, Jackie. Yes, yes. Hello, Hello Jackie. Hi. Um, I've got four daughters, mm -hmm. my two oldest, mm -hmm. um, 17 and 16, mm -hmm. and they've become committed vegan mm -hmm. eaters. Mm -hmm. Their diets consist only pretty much raw fruit and vegetables. Mm -hmm. I have been told, and they have no, they've had no um, illness or anything, but um, I've been told that they possibly would have an iron deficiency and might mm -hmm. need other supplements to the diet, and I'm wondering what you would recommend. Okay, for the sake of listeners, we should just say that veganism is, is a dietary program or a dietary philosophy, a dietary practice that um, 
has nothing to do with, with animal products, milk, exactly. cheese, flesh, etc. Now, to be, I'm not a vegan. I, I, I understand it very well, and I respect those who uh, practice it but who know what they're doing. Now, there's a big difference because if you are not aware of the importance of things like complete protein, um, it's easy, in my opinion, to drift into a situation where you can become deficient in in protein. And veganism, therefore, is something that needs to be undertaken, in my opinion, from an educated perspective and not necessarily an ideological or a religious or, uh, or uh, something like that. Um, it needs to be done cautiously. Now, I might just say here that over the years... I've seen a lot of young people, and uh, not only younger people, but people later on in life who arguably present with problems associated with dietary indiscretions and dietary ignorance about what they have been doing. And, 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 and many, many young women, um, for instance, can experience period problems, can, can experience fertility problems. That is only, however if they're using a diet that is not well understood and is, is deficient in giving them some of the complete protein that's needed, together with some of the sources of other substances, particularly iron that you've mentioned. So what, what, I, would, what I would encourage your daughters to do, if they haven't done it already, if they want to be vegan, um, they, they should get their head into some good literature and start to see the importance of combining certain uh, vegetables in order to get a complete protein and to be aware of deficiency symptoms that could occur if their eating habits deteriorate and their discipline deteriorates. Now, in defence of veganism, in defence of veganism, uh, very, very many people around the world uh, subscribe to this. I was in Melbourne at the beginning of this year giving uh, a lecture at the, in, uh, the inaugural uh, meeting, if you like, of, of Ayurvedic medical practitioners in, in Melbourne and many practitioners of Ayurveda uh, veer towards uh, veganism. And um, on the night of the conference, we went to a restaurant in Melbourne and uh, it was a vegan restaurant. And I must say, I was absolutely stunned with the quality of the food, um, the, the taste of the food, the variety of the food. So in defence of veganism, um, I would say that if it is practised properly, well understood and, uh, and, and seen for its potential virtue, well then um, I've got no problems with it. Being teenage daughters, um, there's, a, uh, there's a propensity for them not to take any advice from me, their mother. Correct. Correct. And, uh, <laughs> and they feel uh, fully... fully uh, are competent in doing their own research yeah, yeah, on Google. However, my concern is that some of the information they're getting is probably um, more ideologically right. driven rather than health-driven. <laughs> Look, I, I, I say this tongue-in-cheek, and if your daughters are listening, I hope they're not going to be offended by what no, I say. No, they're not. They're <laughs> most, most young people, in my experience, and I'm an old man, but most young people uh, go through phases in life where uh, experimentation, dissent from the mainstream, politically, diet-wise, religiously, uh, can be a common experience. Um, I could talk about my own experience uh, 
moving from a, a counterculture exponent and a, a radical politics and all that sort of thing. So I would say, look, um, it may be, it may be that your daughters are going through a fascinating phase in life uh, where they're experimenting, they're doing things that are challenging, all sorts of things. Um, so long as they're not doing them any, themselves any harm, and I'm sure they're not. Pauline, Pauline, you have rung in from Mayfield West, and you've got a problem with bruising easily. I have. Hello, Pauline. Good afternoon, Dennis. Um, about six months ago, mm. um, I started, for no reason, getting bruises on my arms and leg. Yes. Um, and I haven't knocked myself, mm-hmm. and... Uh, so I did hear on your show um, a while ago about taking buckwheat. Oh, yes. And I was wondering if there is something else. Okay. Well, I'll come in here and say that, uh, first of all, have you had this bruising situation investigated? No. Okay. Look, um, something like this shouldn't be just uh, seen as um, you know something to be... Um, just accepted. Bruising can say something about what's happening with your blood profile. So mm-hmm. before um, you start to do anything, you make the first port of call with your GP. That's what GPs are there for. There are prime contact therapists. Uh, there are safeguard against uh, things going wrong. Go and have a yarn with your GP and say, "Listen, this thing is starting to occur." Um, you can say you've spoken to me, and Dennis suggested perhaps. A blood test might be useful to make sure my platelet levels, etc., are okay. Now, if um, that comes out okay, that there's nothing indicative of that, well, then you can look at perhaps some dietary things that might be useful. And in this context, uh, buckwheat, for instance, uh, is an agent that made its reputation for dealing with things that we refer to under the name of capillary fragility. Uh, mm-hmm. Capillary fragility is, is a, a loose term, and, and it seems to be associated w- with ageing. Not always, but certainly uh, with ageing. I notice myself as, a, as an old man now, and I hate to say that, that um, uh, once upon a time I could uh, work around the farm and get knocked about and all sorts of things without any problems. Now I notice that uh, I, I show uh, worse for, for wear, so to speak. Uh, buckwheat is a useful agent because it contains a substance called rutin, R-U-T-I-N. Rutin is a bioflavonoid. Um, Buckwheat, by the way, is very, very well defined in the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia of 1983. An excellent monograph occurs there. And if you were to ring my rooms on the number that I gave previously, we'd happily send you out free of charge that monograph from the British Herbal Pharmacopoeia confirming the usefulness of that herb to address this mm-hmm. problem. But having said that, uh, rutin also becomes uh, available these days in perhaps a, a more refined or pharmaceutical form, and that is it, it comes as an extract or a powder, and it's, it would go as just a, number, a member of the, a bioflavonoidal team. And bioflavonoids are a broad spectrum of plant-based substances, of which rutin is one, and of which a product called Flavor Blend is a good example. So mm-hmm. either of those approaches would be useful, but first of all, I come back to the point, get it looked at. Have you been on any steroid medication for anything, asthma or anything? No. Uh, well, I do take um, serotide. Yeah, okay. 
Look, it'd be unlikely that that would. The reason I asked about steroid is that um, that, that, that people that uh, are on steroid medication for, for health conditions that are serious, like long-term usage of steroids, as my dear old mum uh, was required to take, can develop um, fragility mm. and they bruise quite easily. That is perhaps a, a necessary downside of having to use steroids, keeping in mind steroids are life-saving medications when they're yeah. prescribed properly. Check, you, you need to, your, your GP to look at what you're taking to make sure there's no uh, effect coming from your medication. I'm sure there wouldn't be. Uh, do a blood profile to make sure that things like your platelets, etc., are okay. And if that is all coming up uh, as a blank, do basic things. Certainly use some buckwheat if you like. Make sure your iron levels are good. Mm-hmm. Um, complete protein. Outside of that, I don't think there's a lot you can do. Well, all the very best. And uh, our last caller on Health Naturally today is Paul, who's rung in from Wanji Wanji. And you've got a question for Dennis about Astragalus 8, Paul. Yes. Uh, Good day, everybody. How you going, Dennis? Hello, Paul. Yeah, look, I, um, I rang this program back in early July and yes. I said to you I was heading overseas for a bit of a holiday to the to the Emerald Isle of yes. Ireland. Good, good. And I was worried about dodging the flu here and also dodging the northern flu. Yes. And you recommend a product called Astra 8. Oh, yes. And I, th- I think you suggested I start taking it some weeks before I travel. Yes, yes. Which we did do. And I want to give you some positive feedback. It was fantastic. That's good. Touch wood. I've managed to dodge the, the, nor- the northern flu and I've come back to Australia and they tell me it was a horrendous flu season here as well. And Astragalus so, 8 got you through. I certainly recommend that product. <laughs> um, you, you gave it a big wrap, and um, yeah. I've been taking it every day since. Well, I think the, the, the big wrap is justified with this product because I could talk all day about it. I could weep all day about it also for having, having sold off the rights to it too early. But it's oh. probably one of the greatest discoveries I've made in my professional career. And I stand by everything that I've said about it, that if there's anything in natural medicine that has the potential to improve one's resistance uh, to viral infections, it is the Astragalus 8 combination. And uh, look, uh, uh, thanks for ringing in, Paul, but I, I, I'm not downplaying what you're saying, but I hear this so frequently from people that have come back overseas saying, look, we took Astragalus 8 with us, and whereas previously we went down with everything, we've come back free of everything. It can only be Astragalus 8. Well, we might be just lucky, but I don't think so. <laughs> well Thanks, done. Paul. Thanks for that. Now, Dennis, we do have to um, choose somebody from the draw to uh, get the stiff, sore and sorry pack. Paul's won it. Paul has won it. Uh, well done, Paul. So you can pick up your... As, uh, your pack of stiff, sore and sorry from Dennis Stewart's rooms and uh, good luck with that. Coming up, Dennis Stewart, thank you very much. We'll talk about bitter mellow next week. We will talk we, about bitter We didn't get a chance, week. Jane. <laughs> it's just too many good things going on and uh, lots of good questions coming our way. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.